Hello, hello, and welcome to another Two Network Match Report with me, Adam. It's finished Bournemouth 2, Newcastle United 2. It was another game where we had a very, very good first half and weren't too bad in the second half, but we ultimately we capitulated in the second half and we didn't manage to put the game to bed. Um, there's a lot being said about blame. Um, for me, it seems to be a recurring pattern, um, but let's let's get into it. And be, actually, before I start, um, I just want to mention, um, a lot of you might have been aware that I'm sometimes um, part of the uh, True Faith podcast team, but so if you check out it at TF Weekly Pod on Twitter, uh, there's a patron page where you can sign up and there'll always be a, a one free podcast for everyone but we there's also now a subscribers package where you get at least two to four extra podcasts full of brimful of Newcastle United content to keep you going throughout the entire week uh, we've got Premier League show we've got Exile show we've got um, the match preview on a Wednesday as well um, there'll be more video content and everything and this is all just for £1.25 a week five or a month um, if you're like me and I like to listen to some other football podcasts and you might you might wait maybe three weeks um, for a little two-minute snippet of Newcastle news on, on one of the national pods. If you want to just dive in to the Newcastle content immediately, get yourself signed up to True Faith, become a patron and the, the, the link and everything is on at TF Weekly Pod. And you can catch uh, me and the rest of the guys there in, in, across many shows, reviewing, previewing, debating, um, taking trips down memory lane, the whole shebang. There'll be some documentaries on there that you will not want to miss as well coming up. So please look out for that. Thanks for that. Anyway, back to the two network. And the, the, the team itself largely picked itself, I think. I think uh, Lejeune's performance kept Kieran Clark out the side. Uh, Dubravka as well, as you would expect, uh, retained his place after what was a magnificent debut against Man United. You had Richie returning to his, his, his former ground, the Vitality, um, playing for Bournemouth, obviously, during the season that Newcastle got relegated. And with Slomani, news of Slomani's injury being, um, I think, worsened this week, and he's going to be out for a couple more weeks, which is a huge blow because we really are running out of time when it comes to uh, get remaining games that we can have Slomani being effective in and um, j just as it so happens I wrote a I, I did a lot of research wrote a, an article this week about how Slomani's um, type of play is going to improve Newcastle wholeheartedly and obviously uh, kiss of death I've given him there and he's completely got injured but when he does return please check out uh, my latest article um, if you look on on my Twitter for links as well and on Facebook group um, I talk about how why Newcastle aren't scoring enough and it's it's enough to say you know it, it, I don't think it's enough to just say oh well, strikers aren't very good and well yeah our strikers are limited all of them are and they're all culpable Hosselu, um actually before uh, the Bournemouth game Hosselu had a better strike rate than Gale Gale might have changed that now I haven't crunched the numbers yet and the reason the video is a little bit late is that I was away all weekend and I haven't got around to actually sitting down and getting out a video to you. So apologies for being late, but better late than never, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. 
But the way Islam Samani is a much, very much a box player, we can help focus um, attacks through there. And Newcastle, very, very clearly having too many shots outside the box. And the chance of scoring from outside the box, far, far too long uh, for the talent we have in the squad, which isn't massively Premier League quality. So a few things to iron out there. Rafa, if you're listening, you're welcome. Um, so on to the Bournemouth game, I, I mean, I think before the game, and, I, and it seems a bit of a, a cop-out to say this, that a lot of us would have taken a, a lot of us would have taken a draw, and it's almost a, it, it feels like a sucker punch because of the, the, the manner of, the, of, of conceding those late two goals, and the way that we kind of just threw it away and had a chance to go three up, etc. But, you know, first off, that pass from Shelby down the right hand, waiting for, for Richie. The way, the way Richie drew in Charlie Daniels, pretending to go for the, for the short pass, and he just turned, he knows, he knows what's happening. They've tried it in training. Shelby's knocked the ball over. Richie's got acres of space to run into, and he flashed it across the... Flashed it across the the six yard box, an absolute nightmare for Begovic. Begovic and the defender have sort of collided. Gale's been in there as well because, well, one of Gale's uh, best attributes is his anticipation, and the ball sort of bundled around and it's and it's quite fortuitously dropped to Dwight Gale and he's standing with his back to goal. He realizes the ball's behind him, and he just backheels impudently backheels the ball into an empty neck looking at Asmir Begovic as he does so and it's 1-0 and the travelling Newcastle support go mental and it's a huge shock um, to, to sort of take the lead and not only that but to then take a two-goal cushion in half-time and, and you know we're in dreamland everyone on Twitter is posting screenshots of us being in the top half of the table well thanks everyone you jinxed it um, but I think everyone was allowing themselves to get, to get carried away because Bournemouth were horrific. I mean, we obviously set up to counter them, and that's what we do, and, and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it was working very, very well. And we were very, very effective. And, you know, I, th I think that it was very, very clear the, the two um, strategies going into the... Having seen the game is, you know, Bournemouth looked to really look to get a lot of crosses in and if you notice it I, I found the seem to target a lot of our left a lot of our right hand side their left hand side so they kind of targeted Yedlin over over Dummett which is quite interesting because um, I mean we'll, we'll get on to their goals in a little bit but it seems that they they were intent on asking questions of our back four and our goalkeeper and we were intent on allowing to soak up that pressure and then bursting on with pace. Now, Kennedy didn't seem to have the most effective game. Um, when Atsu came on, I thought he seemed a bit more lively, getting involved with a lot of things. And he's, you know, he's just got that direct pace. Another former Bournemouth player, albeit on loan. And obviously, Richie had extra incentive to, to to work. And I've already mentioned Gale's, you know, his anticipation. And for the, the, the second goal, you know, Perez found himself at the back post and, and, and it was it was Paul Dummett who has a lovely technique with his left foot. And he does try this a few times, but he, 
he got, I think Richie just knocked it to him, involved again, and Dummett sort of whipped this very deep, um, dangerous ball into the, into the, you know, the back end of the six-yard box. And whether the sun was in defenders' eyes or not, I think I don't know if that was making having an impact. But Perez has fizzed across another very dangerous ball, very similar to position to where Richie was, and it's kind of gone behind Begovic, he's, and he's let it slip through. And Gale's just at the back post and just taps in, and it's just too easy. And Bournemouth fans must have been going livid with that because the the goalkeeper you can make one bad mistake in a, in a game and it, and it's anomalous but to make two and you really start asking questions of, of what was going on and maybe the sun was was hampering him who knows but he, did he get a cap I don't know <laughs> so I don't know and I don't know whether it was just a very very poor performance defensively from Bournemouth to allow us to gain that two goal advantage but going into half time and you, you, you think right well we just need to we just need to keep it steady, do what we've been doing, sitting back, springing on the attack. And that's largely kind of what we tried to do. I mean, there were probably fewer chances in, in, in the second half. Um, notably, the, it was the, the free kick, I think Atsu was brought down. And Gale on a hat-trick's gone up to take it. Maybe suited a left foot or more. But he bundled into the wall and, 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 and Perez is, is sort of in ahead of defenders and all he has to do is just nick it and he's he's I, I think he's trying to use his body weight to get his to, to muscle out the defenders and but that, you know that's strength isn't is isn't exactly his forte. And he just didn't get a clean connection and he's just sort of like almost like pushed it with his foot and it's just gone over. So that was a really good chance of thought. Um and I you know I mentioned that simply because Match of the day were very scrutinous of John Joe Shelby. We'll get on that a little, little bit. And and John Joe Shelby's miss wasn't the only miss that we had. Um, so that was a chance to, to to really put the game to bed as well. Um, but I, I, I think going into the move for that Shelby uh, chance, which came in about, you know, the, I think it was just before they scored, probably about the 79th minute, 78th minute. And Perez, who I thought was his movement was really good. Um, throughout the whole game, him, him and Gale working well together, and Tyler's and his little flick through from for, for Atsu's run, um, and Atsu does everything right, and Ake puts puts Shelby off enough, and Shelby really should put his foot through it. Him and Gale should have scored those those to take us into three nil, and we would have been out of sight. But then for that last ten minutes, Bournemouth just rallied themselves and. And the, the fans started to believe and suddenly it was, you know, an absolute onslaught and, you know, Newcastle have form for this and we, we must have conceded so many at home, particularly in the last sort of 10 minutes where we've just allowed, we've just failed to finish off chances and convert those chances and allow the, the, the opposition to grow in confidence and believe that they can get something out of it. And that's exactly what Bournemouth did. Um, Jermaine Defoe came on I think a lot of people were probably thinking it'll be typical that he gets the goal but as it happens it wasn't it was uh, it was Adam Smith who um, I believe had come on for uh, Daniels and Daniels was really impressive actually it's, uh, at the, re the previous fixture at St James's Park uh, he really impressed me and he's very rangy kind of fullback very odd he's obviously a winger uh, come uh, fullback but he's uh he's a very tricky player wins a lot in the air he's got a great left foot on him as well 
but obviously getting done for that, uh, that that opening goal, whether that had anything to do with him being hauled off, you can only you, you can only presume that. So Adam Smith came on, and you know, match of the day have highlighted how Shelby didn't run back in. I mean, for me, Smith wasn't really Shelby's man at that point. I think he was Richie's man, right winger, left back, and Richie doesn't get tight enough to him. But even but even then, I'm not gonna. Fully lambast Richie there because it was just a quite spectacular strike, very unexpected. I mean, you've seen the reaction of Dubravka. It sort of seems like it's close to the middle of the goal, but it just completely takes him by surprise. And it's a fantastic finishing off the bar. I think that's a bit of a freak. It was, it was kind of a similar position to Coutinho scoring at St. James's Park back in November. And... Should he have been closed down faster? Yeah, probably. Should the keeper have done better? Maybe, yeah. Possibly. But was it just a very good strike as well? Yes. But I think the timing of that and the fact that we'd missed a couple of chances and the fact that, you know, our defenders had had to deal with a lot of balls, clearance-wise, our, you know, our, our, our clearances were quite significant. Um, I mean, looking at Looking at the crossing, Bournemouth had 38 crosses to our seven. So you kind of see exactly what they were trying to do. We had 53 clearances to their 16. So the whole game was them pumping the ball in the box and us trying to just knock it out. And after that first goal from Bournemouth, things started to get really panicky. And I think you could you could feel the tension. You, you almost expected them to score and when they did, it wasn't any surprise. And it was really, it's such a sucker punch because as Newcastle fans, we're now conditioned to, unless you've got a two-goal cushion, anything can happen and anything could happen. And that's what we did. We threw it away. And they just, they just credit to them for getting their game up because they were appalling in the first half. And it took probably a lot of character for them to respond in the way they did. Again... The final balls come from their right-hand side. This is kind of the area where Adam Smith scored the first and where the cross came in for Gosling. Now, again, a match of the day. Lampard making a lot about Shelby and basically what he's done is he's coming, he's coming to the edge of the box. He's made a couple of tackles, but he's done the criminal thing, is stopping. And even worse, got his hands on his knees as if he's you know bent over double exhausted I mean it was an error to stop running you absolutely shouldn't stop running in that situation you should get back in the box and we want bodies flying everywhere that's that's what we want but at the same time he wasn't solely to blame for that goal going in not by a long shot if you watch the goal again there are three Newcastle defenders at the front post and you've got you've got Gosling You've got Gosling at the back, completely unmarked, and he just sides foot, foots it past Dubrovka, who hasn't got a he hasn't got a hope. And I think at that point, the fact that a cross had come from the right and then from the left, and we were just pinball. We were everywhere. It was chaotic defending. It was the worst time, and it really undone. It really undid a lot of very very good defensive work uh, throughout the game. I thought Lascelles was particularly good. He was commanding. Could he have given away a penalty earlier in the game? Um, I'm going to say no. I, I mean, obviously the penalty wasn't given. 
he went in a, it was maybe a, I wouldn't say even reckless challenge because I don't think he really caught the man. He went for a, you know, he went for a challenge fair and square. That he didn't get the ball, but then I didn't even think the Bournemouth player did, and I don't think there's enough in there for a penalty. So I think the right decision was made there. Bournemouth might feel aggrieved. Bournemouth might also feel aggrieved that during one of the the big um, chances that uh, Dubravka got a, I mean, he got kind of concussed from from John Joe Shelby battering into it. And I mean, there's John Joe Shelby doing the defensive work that man, match of the day were. Uh, hell-bent on um, showing that he, what he wasn't doing but they didn't show and highlight actually the defensive work he did and he was back on the line there uh, defending that attack so I'm going to lay off John Joe Shelby he knows yes he could have scored um, but then neither did Perez yes after those two tackles at the edge of the box before our goal he could have got and should have got back however I, don't, I honestly don't think that would have made a difference because he wouldn't have been marking the guy that wasn't being marked by the three players in the side of the box in the first place. So, whichever way you look at it, it's not down to John Joe Shelby. It's a, it's a team effort and the, the entire team conspired to throw that away with mixed, mixed chan, uh, missed chances and um, chaotic defending in the last 10 minutes. And we, we panicked and we just allowed the pressure to get to us and Bournemouth had nothing to lose so they were just on... It was the onslaught, and yeah, so two goals coming from that right hand side, Yedl inside. Um, whether that was an intentional ploy by Eddie Howe or not, I'm not too sure. But you know, I mean, the, the stats were as you would probably expect. I mean, we to be honest, we it was a very very even game, and you know, looking stats wise, we we only had thirty seven percent of the possession, so we were a lot more efficient with it. But they had 18 shots with 5 on target. We had 15 and 4. So, I mean, to have 15 shots away from home is, is with only 37% possession is pretty impressive, to be honest. Um, but again, it's the shots on target. Are we, we, we should have tested Begovic more, particularly when he'd made two errors in the first half and you think he's not on his game today. At Shelby's or... Perez's shot being on target or Kennedy's shot not barged down and deflected wide you know if 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 we'd managed to test Begovic a lot more then he might have been prone to throwing another goal away so it's difficult to try and stay positive but after a couple of days of reflection I think it's important we didn't lose that game I think looking at the table we are sort of in a similar position to where we started before the game. I mean, with, I mean, looking at the results, Swansea got battered, and I, 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 I called that their good run would come to an end, and it's done so in spectacular fashion. Four one away to Brighton. Southampton can only manage a, a draw with Burnley. Uh, West Ham got smashed off Liverpool, which is really good. Huddersfield beating West Brom. I mean, I think that pretty much isolates West Brom completely. I think that's them completely gone now. We could have done with Huddersfield only getting a point there. Watford have started to pull away closer to Everton up the top of the half, the, uh, the top half of the bottom half. Um, and of course, Stoke didn't get a win against Leicester. That was a one-one. So I think results were fairly kind, given that we threw that away. But that, you know, it depends how you want to look at it, guys. You know, if you if, if you want to look at it half full or half empty, 
we've wasted a great chance to pull away from a lot of teams that didn't win. On the flip side, we're still two points above the relegation zone. We're still about 15th. Um, I mean, it's almost... It almost doesn't matter what position we're in with the, with the teams that tight. I mean, we are... We are now four points off Watford in 10th. Um, a win there would have taken us above Bournemouth, but they stay three points ahead of us. And, yeah, we're two points ahead of Swansea, who fall back down into the relegation zone. Southampton... Um, Southampton escaped the relegation zone on goal difference. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's all to play for. Next, we've got Liverpool. Um, that's going to be a very, very difficult game. Saturday night, it's on TV. So I'll probably expect this to capitulate. Um, but let's hope not. Let's hope we exploit some of their defensive frailties because they definitely have them. Um, when they're free-flowing and scoring, they're almost impossible to play. But if you get in there early and you know help ruffle their fellas like we you know the, the game that we played at St James's Park the, the atmosphere was fantastic uh, Shelby had a great game that game um, Hossley got a very fortunate goal and they only managed to score from a, a you know a fantastic long range effort from a man who doesn't play for them anymore so I think we've got we've got a chance to get a point we're likely to concede a couple given their talent, but, you know, we've got one of the best defences in the Premier League and certainly, like, top-half standard defensive uh, solidity. So there's a chance there, but, I mean, I think the big games that we need to look forward to, obviously, we've got Spurs away in a few weeks after that. But basically, we have Southampton at home and Huddersfield at home. And they're the teams, they're the games that you need to be pencilling in six points. We need... We need four points from those two games because we're running out of games that are winnable. I still think we don't need to panic yet. I still think we're okay. But I think we need to definitely get results in those two games. They're huge because I think two wins there might even pretty much seal our survival. I think it's that, I think it's that crucial. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes of it. But I think... Could you get annoyed at the way... The manner of the defeat, absolutely... Is it John Joe Shelby's fault alone? No, absolutely not by a long shot. Man of the match performance, Dwight Gale, I think. He, he, his, his anticipation was excellent. Um, scored at crucial times. Um, and you know, his and Perez's chemistry and, 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 and work rates are really invaluable to this to this Rafa Benitez side. Thought Sells was pretty good. Uh, Lejeune was was steady as well for most of the game, giving them out, you know headers they were winning and clearances they were making. I thought Atsu and Perez showed good energy. Um, Shelby, I think we saw a bit of a mixed performance, but altogether, it wasn't a bad performance altogether. It was just that last 10 minutes that I think um, sort of warped how well we did because we, for 80 minutes, we were absolutely on top and absolutely comfortable in cruising. But that's football and that's why we love the Premier League because it is a complete mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get. Liverpool next, uh, let's hope we can get something from it because it's always a special fixture um, but we just need to get points on the board and we might be looking to St James's Park for, the, for that for the next two fixtures there. Anyway, thanks very much for watching and listening, uh, apologies for the delay in broadcast but hopefully it's been worth it and you've got your weekly two network fix. Uh, please check out my article if you have a look at the links on Facebook and Twitter and give us a follow there. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud as always. 
or if you watch the videos, um, get subscribed on YouTube as well and tell all your friends, get retweeted, get sharing. Uh, really appreciate the support, appreciate the comments. Uh, it means a lot. Anyway, I've been out on the two network. Also head over to at TF Weekly Pod and get subscribed on the Patreon there for loads of Newcastle content that I'm going to be involved in as well and all the other guys' shows as well because uh, there's some fantastic comment um, and reaction and, and debate on there. It's really good. So I think if you're a Newcastle fan, get yourself over there. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye, Z-bye.